The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. This is your newscast for episode 235. We're, we're what? We're May of 2022? May of 22. Rob, we're, we're getting close to halfway through the year already. How'd I, that happen? I I don't accept that. Try, <laughs> try again. What else you Rob, got? we're at the beginning of 2022, <laughs> yes. but this is our May episode. Yeah, this is a, it's, it's a weird weird dynamic we've got going on there. It is it is going by quickly. We're we're like a, a week behind schedule, but you know I'll take the blame. I yeah, I was out of enough. town for a couple of weeks. We uh, but we're back. We're on schedule once a month. Boom! You're selling it short, Rob. You were out of town for a couple of weeks, and we still did it. Four, no, no, no. Yeah. Four. Oh yeah, that was a big trip, Rob. Big, big vacation. Big vacation. My wife and I celebrated our 20th anniversary. Congratulations! Thank you. We we uh, we went to Italy. Which is uh, where the pasta comes from. What? Yeah. You know, I heard a rumor that it actually came from China. Well, not the kind of pasta I was eating. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll tell you the, the thing that I learned that I was quite disappointed about is you can't go into a real Italian restaurant and say, I'd like some pasta and sausage to get. They're like, oh, you want some pasta? Here's your plate of pasta. You, oh, you want some sausage? Here is your your plate of sausage, which we will give you after you have completed that that pasta. Yeah, and that's really tough for me. Yeah, well, um, I guess you'll just have to enjoy them separately and and live with it. Or I'll go to what or, Fizzoli's or <laughs> or something and get some real Italian. <laughs> all the Italians are are thumping their nose at you right now. Um, I, I think all of the servers are there were 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 looking at me askance <laughs> as well as I as I broke every rule mm. of Italian food you can. Uh, putting cheese on seafood and you know other stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, I just I just poured wine over all of it. You know, I, I'm like, do you have any gravy for this? You know, the whole thing was was tough. Well, Rob, I'm glad you're back. Uh, this is very exciting to do this podcast episode. But before we get into it, we probably should do some announcements. Um, what kind of announcements do you have, Alex? You know, for uh, to start, we, we have a Slack channel in case no one noticed. What I know, uh, it's a great place. There's lots of conversation going on. Uh, we've got. Over 2,000 people in there. Literally uh, dozens of hundreds of people are in there. Do- yes, dozens of hundreds, maybe even more than that. Um, and it's a great conversation. You can come join. If you want to join, uh, find somebody that's in there already. They can invite you or go to our website and submit there, and we will get you added to the Slack We will Slack carefully channel. vet your request. You, you'll be vetted. There, the, the bar is low, but there is a bar. Yeah, you have to You have to have a, a mullet or... <laughs> <laughs> or, or live in Colorado. Any particular kind of mullet. <laughs> like is a uh, Kentucky waterfall, is that okay? So hopefully all of you listeners out there know that when we start just yammering on like this, <laughs> that means it's a late night recording that we're yes, doing. That's, indeed. That's, what you're, that's what's captured right here. All right, Rob, we also have a mailing list. Uh, additionally, on the website, you can sign up there. Uh, you will get one email per podcast that tells you the show notes. Um, I don't even send it anymore. It's automated. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. We we would love it if you would rate us and subscribe. You should tell some friends. And huge thanks to our Patreon supporters. These are the folks who pay the, the bills. Um, make sure we're able to keep delivering this high-quality podcast. If you want to support the show, we'd love that. On the website, you can find the Patreon link. But if you don't enjoy the show, thanks to those people who do support. Yes, let's jump into the news. Rob, this is some, some crazy stuff uh, thinking about how uh, how our metro area is right now but denver lost population uh in 2021 after a decade of growth 
Yeah, it's been it's been a huge growth. You know, consistently Denver keeps growing. Now, let's just be clear what this is saying. The city of Denver, city of Denver, population of Denver has gone down. Um, I know something something out of the norm happened back in 2000, 2000, 2020, I, I, I don't know what it was. It might have caused people to say, I don't need to be in downtown Denver to, to be happy here. Um, but they, they did have a dip. The you know, that that's the news here, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me um, as someone who's. Uh, office was downtown during the pandemic like it was a ghost town it was deserted uh so it doesn't surprise me that uh the people that loved being downtown where it was busy and bustling all of a sudden decided well i'm going to move somewhere outside of denver uh maybe somewhere cheaper because i can work remotely um all, all those kind of things so again doesn't surprise me that the population dipped a little bit so you know just fun factoid for folks you know listeners why don't you take a moment and guess what do you think the population of denver it is what are you thinking a million, five hundred thousand. You're wrong. It's not those. It's neither of those. It's seven hundred eleven thousand four hundred sixty-three. Yeah, that as was as of July first of last year. Of last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that was down six thousand one hundred and sixty-seven or point nine percent from twenty twenty. So I mean, we're not talking about a large drop here. And I, you know, pretty sure this is all pandemic related. And I'm I'm also sure as soon as. Uh, whenever the next census data is taken, we'll be way back up from from that. And, and two interesting facts. You know, we, we've given you the population according to the state demographer. Was it demographer? Is that what they call her? The state sure. de- demographer. Um, this is definitely not a trend. This they expect this to be a uh, a uh, exception. And you know, and there's the other fact for you is that we have a state demographer keeping track <laughs> of of all of where the people are in the state. Uh, so there were also dips in places like New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, and San Francisco. So we're not the only place that, that is a city that had dips. What about Austin? Did Austin go down? Uh, I, I'm sure they, it was uh, cut in half. Austin. hate Austin. No one likes Austin. All right, let's move along. We have, uh, it, you know, we love to talk about local tech companies and the things they're up to. Well, here's a, here's a big story. Um, Denver's headquartered Hotel Engine is adding 400 workers this year. Uh, they're they're basically doubling their size. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, in reading this article, I don't think I knew previously exactly what Hotel Engine did, uh, but it sounds like they are a travel agent for businesses. But they are different than uh, many Concur of many of those in that they don't make you sign a contract and you don't have to have any kind of minimum spend or anything like that. Yeah. So if if you as a business decided tomorrow, oh, I'm tired of you know making my own reservations through Expedia or whatever, um, and want to have a, a travel agent for the business, you can go over to them and. You just start using it. If you decide it's not for you, you leave. Um, You pay per use, basically. Pay per use. Um, So that's pretty cool. And because of that flexibility, it sounds like they are growing rapidly. Um, I I don't, they don't talk specifically about these jobs, but my guess is these are not technology jobs. These are probably travel agent type jobs, people that are account managers. They do say there's there's sales and and development. Like uh, the same as most folks have, right? So sales and development were the the big investments that they were going to do here. Uh, they also say they had just recently raised $65 million, um, well, last year they did, which vaulted them into unicorn status, which is, you know, a thing that people are supposed to talk about, so we're talking about. Uh, who doesn't like unicorns? I mean, Voldemort likes unicorns. He drank unicorn blood so he could stay wow. alive. My goodness. I know. I mean. <laughs> Yet another fact for of the podcast for everybody. I'm not sure exactly why that was on my mind, but hey. Um, anyway, uh, congrats to Hotel Engine and, and their growth. If you uh, like that industry, it sounds like there might be a place for you there. Love it. Um, speaking of uh, unicorns. And Voldemort. <laughs> uh, no, n- not uh, not Voldemort, but uh, unicorns. Um, 
PAX 8, uh, which is a, a cloud reseller technology company here, um, has also hit unicorn status um, with their latest valuation being $1.7 billion dollars yeah they didn't just eke over the line there did they, they no like uh, almost uh, double unicorn yeah there. that's pretty good uh, you know they, these guys have just grown i i can't i can't even figure out how they've grown as quickly as they have like well, like five six hundred percent growth um clearly you know they're they're just they're just targeting rapid growth to, to take over the maybe you call it like a cloud sherpa you know your tour guide <laughs> into the cloud that's that's what they're here for for companies that that want to get into the cloud they'll, they'll make it easy they'll get you all the the cloud pieces you need and give you the guidance to do it. They have grown um, a lot by, by acquisition, uh, international acquisitions as well. And, and I think I saw, I know I saw in here that um, they, they raised money from SoftBank, which is one of those investors that like pours a lot of money in yeah. for, for rapid growth. So, you know, that makes sense that, that, that they, are, they are going quite as quickly as they are. Yeah, I mean, to note, the, the raise this time was $185 million. That is a very large raise. Um, although I guess, Maybe not compared to some of the other ones. There have been some billion-dollar raises uh, for some companies recently, but that to me that seems like a whole lot of money that you're raising. Yeah. Uh, another noteworthy factoid from this article: friend of ours, Scott Chasen, who was the founder and CEO for Protectwise. Um, we had we had him on the show forever ago, I, I believe. Um, he is the that recently became the the chief technology officer over there. So, do you think that at Pax Eight uh, soon you're going to be able to buy cloud cloud services in VR? That would be amazing. You know, we are, we're not that far from the metaverse becoming a real thing. That's true. Um, and, and, you know, that's the time that, that this whole VR stuff is really going to blow up. That's true. That is very true. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, I think it's my turn, Alex. It is your turn. Hey, um, there are three states that the military is considering for housing the permanent Space Force training headquarters. I'm going to go down on a limb, Rob. Say one of those is Colorado. Um, well, one of them is in Los Angeles, which is California. Oh yeah. Um, one of them is, um, at Patrick's space force base in Florida. The third one is Buckley. Oh, uh, I think it's Buckley space force base. If I'm that I, could which, be, which, which is hard, hard for me to even say, yeah, like, I, mean, I want to say yeah. Buckley air force base, but yep. I think it's Buckley space space force base, which is, yeah, I think on this co-located, but not technically the same thing. And uh, just to be clear, this is for uh, training facilities. This is not for the headquarters. Yeah, we lost you know, that. To we lost Alabama. that to Alabama yeah. um, several years ago. Uh, but there are a number of different training facilities that they are trying to place, and they are looking at various different places in Colorado, as well as places as you mentioned in, in other states. Uh, farther down in the article, there's another um, piece that they're. I think that they're going to award to New Mexico based on some uh, some other stuff, and then some pieces that are definitely going to uh, Florida, I believe, based on the talent base that is in Florida. You know, considering our kind of ignorance of all things military, I think what we can definitively say here is Colorado has Space Force stuff going on here, and it seems like we'll continue to have Space Force going, stuff going on here for a while. Yeah, I can't imagine that uh, Colorado loses out completely in this, uh, this piece that they're talking about here. So... I assume that they're, one of these things, at least, is going to get uh, put in Colorado. Yeah. Hey, Alex, it's been a long time since the state of Colorado had a chief information security officer. That is very true. Do you have any news for me about this? You know, Rob, I, I heard this thing that uh, they have named a new CISO for the state of Colorado, and he is from Texas, just he's like everyone from, else. He's not from Austin, is he? 
I don't believe he is from Austin, but I I didn't look. I he's in government, so it's very possible he was from Austin. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that would make me sad. But uh, so anyway, um, Ray Yepes or Yapes Yepes. Uh, I'm gonna go with Yepes. I think Yepes sounds great. That's what I'm I'm going with. Um, he was formerly the CISO for. Uh, an agency in Texas, um, the Department the, of Family and Protective Services. That is the one, um, but not for the entire state of Colorado. He had about fifteen thousand people in his. Uh, sorry, state of Texas. Not he didn't. He only had fifteen thousand people that he was uh, in charge of before, and now he's going to be over about forty thousand people in uh, all of the Colorado state government. So it's a big step up for him. Um, he actually had participated as a volunteer in some of the uh, events here when we had uh, ransomware activity in Colorado as a responder. And so he was a little bit familiar with Colorado, and I think that's kind of how he got involved and maybe why he applied. So, you know, we do have the show notes, and you guys can click the link to learn a little bit more about Ray. I will share one fun quote for you here. Uh, he, he says, Colorado is ahead of the game. Tony and his team, Tony being the CIO, Tony and his team Holy macaroni, their work is like nothing I've seen before. This is the kind of guy who we need in the state. I'm excited to meet Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that says holy macaroni, um, they have got a place uh, in my heart for sure. And and yours, as long as you can put sausage on right. it. And yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> All right. Let's move, move along here. We have a, a Colorado company that has been acquired. So if I don't know how Alex, I know you and I are well familiar with Forensic Pursuit, which is you know, security in terms of incident response and helping sure. get in after a breach. Um, they have been acquired by a company that I hadn't heard of called Archer Hill or Archer Hall, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, Archer Hall seems to be a sort of a more national player, whereas Forensic Pursuit was um, probably national, but more regional and, you know, more a pure play. I think Archer Hall does some other things besides forensic work. Um, but you guys also may know Security Pursuit, which was sort of a sister company of Forensic Pursuit. They, as far as I'm aware, are separate companies and only Forensic Pursuit uh, has been acquired. But, uh, it, you know, Archer Hall seems very excited about this, acquiring uh, Forensic Pursuit, which they uh, said is, you know, is one of the largest pure play forensic companies that was out there still um, and uh, are going to be part of uh that new company and, and continuing to provide the same services. Yeah, worry not, my friends. Uh, Forensic Pursuit will continue to serve their current customers and they will stay in their Denver office and continue to, to work for the company. So they're not like shutting it down or anything. They're, they're looking to expand. Yeah, and it sounds like maybe they're going to have some more regional offices as well um, that are Archer Hall offices that they can expand to in addition. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Rob, you know, this is going to shock you. But Coal Fire did some research, and they found out that risk is the best language to use when talking with your C-suite. I'm, I've always been using English, and I, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I really missed, missed, missed out on this. What, what this is, is the what, kind of research that can change my job? What does risk sound like? Is it is it like Elvish <laughs> or uh, Klingon? Uh, I mean, what's what's the closest language to risk? Yeah, uh, but no, this, this this obviously we're having a little punchy late night fun here. Uh, this is a, gr a really nice article talking about how we can get executives to listen. Um, you know, I, I know that it, it probably it probably can't be said enough times that you know get out of talking about the technical details. Talk more about what's the impact to the company if bad thing happens. What's the likelihood of it happening? What can we do to mitigate it? So so this is written by Mandy Pote. I think it's Pote. 
Poti. We'll say we'll take Poti. And uh, she gives three um, three basic uh, suggestions here. Number one, make sure you're accurately assessing cyber risk. Number two, report those risks to executives. And number three, monitor continuously and report regularly. Yeah, those are like all good things. Program, right? that, that does sound like a risk management program. Um, I think that the the first one is very important uh, because many times I think, especially folks coming from the the technical side and maybe not having as much uh, risk exposure, you know, it can be easy to overstate what the risks are, and uh, you want to make sure that you are accurate when reporting those things up to your executives. So, uh, you know, everyone is on the same page, and you're you're not accused of. Um, you know, overinflating the things that could potentially happen to your organization. I love it. Good stuff. Um, next one is a, a blog post I wrote. Oh, this is a Red Canary blog, and it's around this series I've been working on around, they call trust issues. Um, just talking about what trust is and the key components of it. This one is specifically around the say-do ratio, which basically means, Alex, if you tell me you're going to do something, you should do it. Th- that's crazy, Rob. I know that's the kind of, this is like a, file it under the everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten category. You know, if you say it and you do it, I might trust you more. And then there's the other side, though, which is like that, that first side's obvious. If I said it, I should that I'm going to do it. I should do it. The other side is if I if my goal is to build trust, if I do something, I should tell you in advance. Ooh. I should avoid surprises. That's true. Surprises don't build trust. Yes. They might be kind of fun. You walk into the house and you're like, whoa, this surprise party is great, but it doesn't help you trust me more. I mean, do people really like surprise parties? I mean, the person who wants to give heart attacks does. <laughs> that that is true. Uh, that yeah. person loves surprise parties. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, that's great. I mean, you, you don't want a do say loop. You want to say do loop. Yeah, you got but, it. So so we we say it, we do it, we say it, we do it. Um, and over time, all of a sudden, you're like, man, if that guy tells me something, it's going to be true. If you yeah. want to read another thousand words to say what I just told you, like, go ahead. You can click the link. So is this like one of those like school assignments where someone said, Rob, I need you to write 1,200 words on this topic. And you wrote, here's the one sentence and then made a whole bunch of, um, you know, additional words to say the same thing over and over again. No. Oh, okay, That's good. But uh, very, 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 very important. (laughs) All right. Let's keep uh, moving. All right. Next, uh, we have a blog post from Jump Cloud talking about why you should assess your zero trust maturity. Um, Jump Cloud, of course, is a, a local uh, identity provider and more. And uh, I think everyone these days has an interest in zero trust. And uh, Jump Cloud, they have a, a uh, self-assessment you can do to see where you are in your uh, zero trust maturity level. And uh, they talk here about why it, or who it is that should uh, do one of these zero trust assessments. Is it, uh, is it everybody? I mean, there's a long list here. So I think that uh, basically um, sort of like your blog where they could have just said everybody, but then they wrote a whole <laughs> bunch of more words. Uh, they, they spelled out which everybody is they're talking about. Um, so it's good. There, there is a, a, uh, a quiz at the end. You can, you can see how good you are at, at guessing the right answers to how to be mature at zero trust. I do like a couple things I like about it. They, number one, they, they talk about the five areas of zero trust. Identities, devices, workloads, networks, and data. I think those are those are kind of tough from a like implementation perspective, um, and they they do a nice job on the next area talking about the three uh, the three categories, which is oh man, where to it go? It's uh, identities, devices, and access. 
Yep. Um, so those are those are the three areas where you can really implement controls, and I think they, they do a nice job getting into that. Yeah. So if you have an interest in Zero Trust, check it out and take the quiz. And finally, I know everyone's been waiting for like six weeks to hear the, the results of the most exciting Colorado Inno Madness competition ever. Like, why, Alex, why is this the most exciting uh, of, of all of these, bra- you know, 64 company brackets that we've well, ever seen? I think the first year that we covered this, there was maybe, maybe one security company in there. Might not have even been any maybe, security maybe, companies. Maybe not. It's hard to remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was so long ago. Um, and, you know, as this has progressed, there have been more and more security companies uh, in the Inno Madness uh, bracket. And this year, we actually have a security company that is the winner of the bracket. And and the other, yeah, the other get, member of the finals. It was it was I, two companies in the finals. I, I guess, you know, it was kind of it was kind of stacked. Yeah. Um, in that either company that won would have been a security company. Yeah, so but, I, I don't even know if we need to say who won since it's clearly a security company either way. Right. Uh, winner, winner. <laughs> So, so remind me, we who do we have as our as our two finalists? Um, so, uh, who was the other? Fi- oh, CyberGRX was the other finalist. CyberGRX facing off against Stackhawk. Kaka. And uh, when I said the other finalist, obviously that means that Stackhawk was the winner. Uh, the company that people thought that uh, is the best investment and is going to give them the most return as a company. So that that is super cool. Congratulations! You know, we we love to see. Uh, our, our friends over there doing well. Scott Gerlock, friend of the show. Um, congratulations, guys. Really cool stuff. Uh, I would also like to say in this article, the last uh, last sentence here before they show the bracket, it says, in other words, caca, as Stackhawk commented on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I think the caca has gone viral. It's, it's going viral for sure. Awesome. All right. That is it for the news. Uh, let's jump over, talk about the uh, the events coming up here in May. Uh, first, uh, on the 10th of May, Asus is doing their golf tournament. So if you like golf, check that out. We have a couple of events on the 19th. Denver Isaka has an event, has, has their, their monthly meeting, the evolution of cyber risk, raising awareness across the business. And the Cloud Security Alliance is doing their May meeting. On the 20th, the Let's Talk Software Security Group is talking about AppSec in the cloud. On the 21st, Colorado Springs ISSA has their May mini seminar. That's a Saturday morning few hours if you need to get some CPEs and meet some folks. On May 25th, ISC Squared Pikes Peak is doing their May meeting. And on the 27th, the DC303 group is getting their hangout together. You can go meet up with some some fun folks and, and do some hacking. You know, that's not a giant amount of uh, events for May, but I guess that's not uh, too surprising. We're getting towards Memorial end of Day. school and Memorial Day and those kind of things gets a little bit slower. Hey, we got some jobs here this week. We do. Alex, uh, there's one of these jobs that might be near and dear to your heart. Uh, there is. Uh, you know, Red Canary. Oh, no, not Red Canary. I, that's not the one that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, not, not so um, much. Uh, uh, my company, Uplight, is hiring a cloud security engineer on my team. I would love uh, if you have experience uh, in the cloud doing security for cloud infrastructure and uh, other cloud operation pieces like that to, to apply for that job. Looking for somebody uh, super strong in that area. If you have uh, GCP experience, that would be awesome as well. All right. Uh, and and nearer, nearer and dearer to my heart is a Red Canary position. We're looking to hire a program manager focused on resiliency. This person will help us do DR, BCP, incident response, all that good stuff. Cool. That sounds like fun. Uh, Colorado School of Mines is looking for a SOC manager. The legislative branch of the uh, state of Colorado is hiring an information security analyst. 
uh, the most exciting job title of the week. Kaiser Permanente is looking for a senior analyst in ITRM CAS or CAAS. Do you know what CAAS is? No. Right. Uh, Something I'm sure as I could, a service? Uh I bet it's control assessment something something. Anyway, huh. anyway, uh, Brian Wheeler is the person I believe hiring for that. He is in the Slack channel now, so reach so out to Brian. Maybe we can ask Brian what CAS means. Yeah. All right, Pulte Mortgage, which is another company near and dear to both of us, is looking to hire a security operations engineer. A Tarumo BCT is hiring a metal medical device security analyst. Uh, Datadog is hiring a security engineer focused on incident response engineering. I thought that was interesting that Datadog is hiring here. I don't know if that's just a, we're going to post it in multiple right. different geographies or not, but that was kind of cool. Uh, Facebook is looking to hire a network security detection engineer. And last one, really cool opportunity at Dish Network. Um, they are hiring a director of information security. So I assume this would be working directly for Artie. And it sounds like a really cool opportunity. Yeah, there were a bunch of Dish jobs as there normally are. So even if you're not in the uh, market for being a director, I bet there's something else at Dish that you could go get all right well that's it for the news we do have an interview this week thanks to frank victory who's been uh, picking up the interview slack for us recently he sat down with kim kennedy the founder of empire of we and she, i don't know if you know kim i don't know her but man holy smokes a lot of good stuff in her background yeah uh pretty cool i do not know her either so i'm looking forward to this interview good stuff well alex uh we we've made it through may uh next time we talk we'll we'll be in june that, that's hard to believe, Rob, but uh, it is true. All right. Well, everyone have a great month, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rob. This is Artie Wolkowski, CISO at Dish Network. Welcome to Colorado Equal Security, the podcast for Colorado security professionals by Colorado security professionals. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Colorado Equal Security. My name is Frank. I am a guest host here on this podcast. Today, my guest is Kim Kennedy, someone who believes in building empires, not sandcastles. She believes that this is a team effort and cannot do it alone. We need to create an empire of we, not me. So please welcome Kim Kennedy, also known at times as Kim Possible. Hi, Kim. How are you today? I'm doing well, Frank. Thanks for having me on. And thank you, uh, everybody from Colorado Security. Um, it's an honor to be on the podcast today. Awesome. Awesome. So Kim, uh, you have a background in cybersecurity, but I think one of the first questions that people are going to ask today is what is the empire of we, what do you mean by that? So I came up with a tagline on LinkedIn, uh, and it, stated pretty much what you just did. And uh, what it, it comes down to is, you know, we all talk about inclusion, we all talk about security, we talk about all of these different things that I've never been a person um, that really believes. I Labels are, they have their purpose, but in the end, we are each other. Like we are people, we are humans, we are in this together. Um, and so, I wanted an empire that's built up from all of us, um, where it's a, a base support of each other. Um, and so that's where the empire of we came from. Um, people kept asking me, what kind of empire did I want? And I said, well, one of we, not me. Um, and so that's where the empire of we began. 
Um, and so now it is a uh, uh, 5013C nonprofit um, and I am working to uh, help the next generation of engineers and uh, programmers and cybersecurity, you know, engineers just be excited about the future. We have such a, an awesome thing happening and um, I want all of us to be involved in it. Well, that's great because that's actually one of the reasons why I spend so much time and effort teaching, especially at that tier one and tier two level is to build a new generation coming in. Things are so much more complicated than when I got started 20 plus years ago in this industry. Well, and I want to interrupt you. It is and it's not. Okay. Right? So um, I want to say it's easier because we have more resources and you can just YouTube and Google things when, you know, back in the day, that's not a thing, you know, you had to, you know, do it yourself and break it and figure it out. And, you know, maybe you had groups and stuff, but um, it's, it's in a sense, it's gotten easier to, to me, but it also has gotten more complicated. However, it always not always, I hate using those imperative like <laughs> no words, but uh, most of the time, as we see, it's usually the most basic things that are the issues when it comes to these, you know, breaches. So um, it's still a lot of the, the basic stuff, but yes, it's gotten a lot more complicated. We have, you know, what, over a, probably 150 plus thousand vendors out there. Um, you know, we have dark web and, you know, ransomware as a service and, you know, they have their own call centers now. So yeah, like things have gotten a lot weird, much more weird. <laughs> definitely weird. I mean, but <laughs> I, I definitely, I see your point where, because one of the things I always tell my students is that the cybersecurity community is probably one of the most giving community out there. Uh, there are a lot of communities that don't like to share things that don't like to share anything, there are people in this community that will just freely give their time. Uh, as a lot of people know, I'm a mem board member of OWA. So I, we've been giving our time out for many, many years for absolutely free. We're also a 5013 uh, organization. I also think though that this is a good, uh, this is though a industry that's very self-motivated and that you always have to put that extra effort in. No one's going to tell you what to do or at least tell you to get started. But if you need help along the way, that's where the giving community comes in. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that um, I've always been in love with the community and the, um, the area I wish I had changed into it way sooner. Um, you know, life and confidence and bills and different things that uh, prevented me from, uh, you know, having that faith that I could, you know, switch over. Um, had I known what I know now, oh my gosh, I wish I would have done it so much sooner, right? Um, I've always been into technology. I've followed it through the years. I've always played around with my computers and done different things at home. Um, my, my friends are all you know, developers or hackers or whatever, typically. And so 
Um, you know, even though I wasn't doing it, I was, uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, but you're right. This community is, um, now I can't say always in the past that, um, you know, uh, it's notorious that, um, the site like hackers in the, in the, in the past have had some ego issues, but again, it's also because like they're, the stuff that they were doing was just so out there and so amazing. Um, but again, now that we've come to a realization where there is a huge separation of what a hacker is versus an, uh, a cyber criminal, um, that's also a very big one for me. I'm really tired of people being called hackers when they're just criminals. Um, and, you know, I, the sharing in this community and opening those doors, and now that we're being able to do it, you know, um, you know, with the, the thing that started all of it, right. The, the internet, you know, <laughs> so, um, this is what the internet was for. It was to make us better people and to do better things and build great, awesome, cool shit. And that's part of my language, but you know, that's what hackers are, right? Like they're creative individuals. And like, that's, what's so cool about it. And I, I just, I honestly, like, I just wish I had done it so much sooner so yeah you're absolutely correct okay well before we and I, I do have several questions about some of the things you just said but before we get into that i'm going to give you a little bit of an embarrassing icebreaker here right <laughs> think about your music playlist what is the most embarrassing thing on your music playlist we're all friends here don't worry we won't tell a soul about that well Honestly, I'm really hard to embarrass truly because I pretty much embarrass myself all the time anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, probably the one that always kind of was pretty funny um, that caught people off guard was uh, ICP uh, and St. Clown Posse. Okay. Uh, and I actually have a good story behind that one um, too. So um, at my old job uh, <laughs> where I was an HR and accounting manager, <laughs> Uh, for an MSP, they, uh, it, it, we were talking about something and somehow it came out and we were talking and I was like, oh yeah, I love ICP. And they were just all like dying. And so, um, yeah, I ended up naming my uh, workstation Juggalette. And the really funny part about it was the uh, owner at the time did not know anything about what a Juggalette or juggle. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so that was a learning lesson for um, a lot of people. That <laughs> so, so did you have to counsel yourself since you were in HR and you had to sit there and basically become where well, you were your own HR <laughs> violation, right? I mean, I mean, it almost sounds like that. But there was no violation. I'm allowed to have, you know, eclectic music tastes. <laughs> well, I... I I mean, now, I, if I had played it in the office, uh, that would have been a different story. And and I did warn the boss not to Google those the, that word. Oh, and those yeah, that's, there's <laughs> things you shouldn't have to Google, and I think that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that my most embarrassing thing was having Christina Aguilera on there. So <laughs> you beat me on mine. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, like. I'm not a I'm not a fan of Christina Aguilera per se, but she does have a, a, an amazing voice, so I, I'm not a hater. Uh <laughs> well, remember, we're all friends here, so they have the uh, 1,300 people listening to this podcast. 
please do not tell anyone. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that you had talked about here, he said, is that some of the things that you know now, if you were to talk to your past self, what advice would you give? Go back, what, 10, maybe 15 years in the past. And when you were just getting started in this career, what would you tell yourself? Um, just do it. Have more faith in yourself. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time not, you know, trying to help everybody else. And I still get told that today <laughs> from people. Um, you need to stop helping everybody else. You need to, you know, focus and make sure you're helping yourself. It kind of goes back to um, there is a mental health, um, like kind of, I guess it's analogy, right? Like they say, always put the, when you're in an airplane, you have to put your own air mask on first, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're dead, you can't help people, right? So had I known um, and had the confidence to do, I knew I could do it. I just, I just never, you know, it was a man's, you know, there was a lot of things that just, I was intimidated by, honestly. Um, and I really just wish I had a, just had gone for it. So believe in yourself, you know, it's hard work, um, but do it, just do well, it. If you well, want it, do it. <laughs> what were you intimidated about? Um, well, a big part of it is um, at that time, you know, I've been, I switched careers, you know, not too long ago and I have been, you know, I'd been working in a different career. So it was hard to give up everything, right? Like a, a, a good paycheck and everything I knew um, to go and, um, you know, start a new career that I wasn't sure I was going to like, right? So, um, but at the same time, one of the reasons I just, I kept wanting to, I would have all these side jobs. I would just I mean, I was making good money and I would go get a side job. I've done so many things. People just are amazed at all these like random things that I've done. And it's because I would get a side job. You know, in the beginning it was, I would have two jobs for money, but now, you know, at the, you know, towards the end, I was doing it because I just was bored. I wanted more. And even in my jobs that I did have, I, you know, was taking on, more responsibilities I was handling, you know, uh, you know, I always tended to be like the, the IT person or the, you know, somebody that worked with the, you know, the MSPs that worked with us because I was the only one that kind of understood anything that they were talking about. <laughs> so, um, and uh, yeah, so I just, you know, it's, it's not easy for everybody, right? You have to have a support group. I didn't have that back then. So it was, you know, hard to give up a, a steady paycheck to go after something you want to do, right? And that's kind of, but I wish I, I would have done it so much, so much sooner because I would have been so much further along. Well, is anything like as a career changer, what would you do? I mean, I see that in your past, you had some places like accounting human resources, we talked a little bit, customer service. From those pieces in there, is there some place for anyone that is in any of those positions? I think customer service is a very common one. Where do you think you would say is, what's a good place to get started? I, I haven't been in security before. I haven't been in even in IT before. 
I want to get started. I'm in customer service now. How can you help draw that relationship from customer service over to cybersecurity? Um, it's easy. And actually, I have, I just went to the gym um, not too, like an hour or so ago. And um, I actually have a really good cybersecurity kind of story. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is, we're all in security period. Um, so I was, uh, we have key fobs to get into the gym and I walked in and there was a couple of guys behind me and, you know, you're not supposed to let anybody in. Well, I was very aware that they were behind me and they were looking for the office person who appeared to not be there. And I wouldn't let them out of my sight because I had let them in that I'm responsible. So, I mean, you know, and then the guy behind me was like, well, I don't know. What do you want to do to his, you know, partner that had walked in with him? And um, I was like, and it, they ended up going, oh, well, well, let's just work out. And I looked at him and I said, no, you can wait here. You know, I let you in. So it's my responsibility. Like, this is like, I'm security right now. And he, and he was like, what do you want to do? Google me. And I'm like, that's not going to prove that you're a member of this gym. I need to like, this is what I pay to have a key fob and to have people not come in. This security is not just cybersecurity. We talk about cybersecurity, but cybersecurity involves physical security. Security is all of our problems. People that are con artists and are criminals that are stealing from us doesn't always start at the cyber level. It can start with gathering personal information from a receptionist or being able to get into a door and being able to put in a USB drive. There's so many little things that add up. Um, it is on all of us to be aware all of the time. And of course, if I'm not aware, I, I'm hoping somebody else is aware. So luckily, like today, there was another person paying attention and he saw that I was trying what I was trying to do. And he was, do you need help? And he went and got someone who actually worked at the gym to come talk to the, the gentleman. Um, and because I was about to get, like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. <laughs> so but that's our job. We have to be a security minded. We have to be secure minded first, whether it's in cyber or not. So that relates, especially with accounting and HR. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's super important, even customer service. I mean, think about it. You know, a lot about people and when you're helping people, the last thing you need to do is like go and tell them some detail that they told you, right? Because of X, Y, or Z, like it's, you know, that's, I mean, it's all part of security. Yeah, well, I mean, I hear a couple of important things from what you just said. You talked about physical security. Obviously it's easy because then we can see it, right? One of the mm -hmm. hard problems about cybersecurity is that we can't actually see what's happening, not without at least a host of tools. There's another thing that I heard though, what you said, is that by you standing up and making that initial contact, you actually encourage someone else to help you as well, uh, motivating. Sometimes that first step is always the hardest. Oh, absolutely. Um, I am always talking about cybersecurity to people um, and just awareness, right? Um, so many people do not think that it's their responsibility or how does it affect me? Um, 
I feel that we have a kind of a problem in our society. And I don't know if it's in our society as humans or as in the United States. Um, I, but I, I believe typically humans have this bad tendency, um, at least in the current, you know, past couple of generations, it doesn't matter until it happens to me, right? So um, if I am standing in a line and I hear somebody talking about, you know, oh, blah, 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 you know, and if I, if there's some kind of way that maybe, you know, for instance, I was standing in a, an airline and uh, Southwest had recently been breached. This was a little while ago. Um, and, you know, I said, you know, well, you know, they've been breached and, you know, the lines are longer and all these things are happening and COVID and all these, you know, it's my responsibility to help bring that awareness. And of course, initially they kind of started off with, oh, well, I don't have, I don't have anything to steal. It's our job to make sure that people understand it's all of our jobs. And yes, you do have something to lose. Um, you have an identity, you could be, you know, I try to put it into a relational um, way, right? So you may have bad credit, but have you ever been evicted? Okay, you haven't? Well, what if somebody stole your identity and got evicted? And now you can't, not only do you have bad credit, but you got evicted. Now you have to prove who you are. You know, it, it can get worse, right? What if somebody stole your identity and killed somebody? Yes, these are big, bad, like scary, like, and I, and I tell people, yeah, those are the worst case scenarios, but what if it's like your grandma and you only have like a hundred bucks and they steal that hundred dollars? Like it doesn't have to be a lot. People think, oh, it has to be this big, bad, horrible thing. It doesn't, but it can be. And so it's just, just be aware, check check your accounts, you know, keep an eye out, you know, like we used to always just like, look around you, make sure stuff looks right. If it doesn't look well, right, say something. Well, that's one of the things that I always teach with my classes is I always sit there and I tell them the greatest tool, the greatest defense that we have in cybersecurity is due diligence. Being able to sit there and watch. I mean, we have all these tools that are out there, but if we're not paying attention to what the tool is telling us, then we're never going to be able to sit there and protect us. And there are so many simple things that we can do. Uh, for example, I get an email from my bank every single day that tells me all the transactions that I made in the last three days. And the most important part about that is that I actually read it every day. If you don't, right. read it, <laughs> yeah. it's completely worthless, right? Yeah. It's a waste of resources. So Definitely, uh, I, I like that the, I, I, I like your, your idea and your thought there. Being able to sit there and transition from a customer service job, having a lot of you know, physical security, just watching around. Those are some things that we can observe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even uh, think about a food service person. So somebody who's like a chef or cook, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if I went into their kitchen and didn't wash my hands, well, you would probably be pretty upset or you should be if you're, you're working in a kitchen, right? You know, cause you can make your customers sick. I mean, all of that ends up affecting the customer and those customers can lose 
make you lose your job, right? So, um, you know, again, it really, it's not about like, this is our industry. This is us. This is all of us. Again, kind of going back empire of we, like this is us, all of us together. We have to protect each other. We have to watch out for each other. Now, what we are trying, like we do in cybersecurity, there are different levels of technical technicality, right? So you have someone who's a red teamer. They're very technical. You have GRC. They're not as technical, but they know a lot about the policies. There's so many different areas. That doesn't mean that we don't need the person who is at the front desk receiving packages to be aware. It doesn't mean that we don't need somebody who's on their computer clicking on links to be aware. It is all of us all the time. Even if you're in a kitchen, you know, it matters. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, and I think that's very common, especially for people that work in the cybersecurity field, that we're always on alert, that we're always there, we're watching for things, and it can be hard. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I always suggest to people is have something non-technical as a hobby that you do, something that doesn't really have anything to do with sitting in front of a computer what is the thing that you like to do? Um, I like to be outdoors and go to a gym. Um, my, I know that my mental health is very related to my physical health. So if I am not in, if I am not getting outside and getting fresh air and sunshine, um, and you know, we're here in Colorado, we've got the mountains, uh, We've got, you know, just, you know, everything. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that I've, I've just, I've realized over the years that if I don't get out, um, although I will tell you with COVID, I, a lot of that has been changing for me. Um, I definitely still get out and do a lot of walking. Um, nature is great, right? I, I also think that nature has a lot to give us for technology. Um, it is the first and the, you know, it's the original blueprint. <laughs> so um, I, I love getting out into nature. Well, I definitely want to press on the point that you were just talking about here, uh, mental health. I, we've seen lots and a lot more growing podcasts, lots more concerns, especially in the IT and in the cybersecurity industry about mental health and how important that is. What other advice can you give about that? And we know that it's not one size fits all. There are several different ways that people can try to improve their mental health. Are there a few things that you maybe want to suggest about that? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, mental health is a huge one for me. Um, I, I want to have that as part of, uh, you know, a core issue um, that is always or a concern that's always brought up um, with the empire of we as well. Um, it is so detrimental. We've lost so many good people. Um, I myself have suffered from, um, you know, depression and different things. And the, the I'm very vocal about it, right? And not everybody is. Um, I joke that I've been a, you know, a big mess on my friends floors before. And, you know, that's a good thing that I've had friends that do it, but that's not, you know, you know, we all have ups and downs, right? We have breakups and divorces and deaths and, 
you know, it's, it's okay, right? Like we all have it and it's not going to go away, but there's times when it gets a little much and it's okay too. And your friends can't help you and it's okay to reach out. Like there's so many of us that know what you're going through. And if we can't help, there's so many resources and just reach out. I mean, like the fact that we've got, you know, different, you know, groups talking about it. And I think that's the the wonderful thing that also has come of the internet and everybody talking, we're able to talk about, we're not alone in this, right? So, I mean, IT and, and cyber can be hard. You're constantly being attacked. You're constantly, like you said, like just on the brink of like, oh my God, you're paranoid almost, right? Like, how do you deal with everything? The stress levels, um, you know, sometimes even, you know, like what you're protecting is so, you know, hospitals and, you know, finance, financial institutions, you know, right now, obviously infrastructure is a huge concern. I mean, these are people's lives you're talking about. So yeah, it's stressful and it's okay. You're not alone. Like, like reach out kind of like with anything. I just, I, I tell people just like talk, like it doesn't have to be to your friends. There's resources, there's free resources, reach out. Like it's, a, it's cool actually. Like, I mean, like there's nothing better than feeling better. So like it well, will end, you know. Everyone's at work, everyone's insurance actually has something like that. They have some kind of mental health thing now because it's so important. We have things like Discord servers. We have other places where we can start conversations out there and just say, hey, I need something to help us out here. Yep. And I think definitely, you know, we have those such a positive effect, though, on things. Once we reach out and some of the things that we do, what is like one of the most positive things where you've done something and it's really sat there and helped somebody else? Um, I guess, I don't, I guess just reaching out from time to time, right? So if you see something, again, goes, if you see something, say something. I don't know, that popped back into my head not okay. that long ago. Um, that used to be an, a slogan for, I can't remember, I want to say it's like a uh, crime watch or something like that, but, um, it really applies, you know, because, um, you know, if, if you think something's wrong, like if somebody you normally talk to a lot kind of disappears, reach out to them. Or if, you know, it's been a minute and you just, maybe you're feeling down, just reach out to a couple people that maybe you've seen a post about um, th them having kind of a similar struggle. Maybe they have some resources for you or, you know, um, just don't give up, you know, like give yourself some time, be kind. And then, you know, listen. Well, I'd like to challenge everybody that's listening to this podcast right now, kind of based on what you're saying. I want you to think of three people that you have not spoken to in, let's say, six months. And I want you to just either send them a text, a Slack message, an email, and just simply say, hello. How are you? Something very basic. Doesn't have to be a huge conversation. Maybe give them a one-liner about, something going on in your life, something to just start or initiate a conversation and then add, 
absolutely no reason for this except for hello. How does that sound? Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I, and, you know, just asking, how are you? Mm -hmm. You know, hey, you've been on my mind. I thought about you. Just wanted to see how you are. I mean, it really could just be that day that saved somebody's life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, so I definitely think that that's something. So let's challenge everybody that's listening to the podcast within the community to go ahead and do that. Now, as far as security goes, what do you think is the greatest challenge that we have today with security? I mean, you talked about one of the things that you actually talked about here was uh, talking about the difference between cyber criminals and hackers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one just, it, uh, it really drives me crazy. Um, you know, I don't know of any other industry that you call a criminal by a job title. <laughs> so um, I, I see it all the time and it's not helping get more people into this field and it's not going to, right? Cause you know, little kids that are starting off their journey into, you know, the digital world and they're seeing these people, if they hear the word hacker, there's a negative connotation behind it. And cybersecurity just sounds scary. And, oh, like, I don't know. I just, I really, it, we've got to do something. Um, I know that there, a lot of people have tried and we keep talking about it, but it really drives me nuts when it's from, you know, the hacker news, I don't, sorry, hacker news, if, you know, I'm not calling you out, but I am, uh, you, you just popped into my head, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like when somebody who like, isn't a paper or, you know, uh, zine, like, you know, online magazine, whatever that is talking about it, they, they should know better, <laughs> right? Like, um, I really think that's a, that's a really big one for me, but, um, Honestly, I think the biggest challenge I see is um, just getting the general public and to really care. I kind of mentioned this earlier, you know, we have this bad tendency. It doesn't matter till it happens to me. And that's a just not a great way. Like, I don't care until I'm dead, you know, like you wouldn't say that, but because mm -hmm. it's, you know, oh, I don't want to put a VPN on my network or I don't want to pay for antivirus. But then as soon as something happens, you're mad and you're, you know, and I get it. It's frustrating. It's horrible. And we all get, you know, frustrated. But, you know, these are little tiny, simple things to be aware of. And, um, you know, Hollywood and, you know, movies try to talk about it. Um, you know, so I see there is, people are trying to get people to care and there it's not that they I just there's not enough awareness and true like understanding of how dire this is again it's almost like oh okay we're gonna wait till it happens again I'm not saying like build a bomb shelter people <laughs> like everybody is like well you don't have to scare everybody to death and I'm like I'm not I'm just saying like hey get an antivirus you know try try maybe 
like for a home user, a VPN is a really easy, simple thing that is just, it's really cheap. It's really easy. It doesn't add, you know, get a password manager. Um, so password managers, uh, definitely VPNs. I do, before we close out the show, because uh, we still have a few more minutes here, I do want to talk about something, and I know we didn't discuss this in the pre-show notes here, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh-oh. What do you feel about, and how can you motivate to have more women in cybersecurity? We have all these organizations. I know SANS has an effort. I have several students. And I think this is definitely a career that there is gender equality in there. I mean, I've had some of the best people, one of the best, I guess, cybersecurity professionals that I worked with was a she. She was probably one of the smartest people I've ever worked with. Most dangerous, probably. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and I will use the, in, in this case, I will use the term hacker because she really was a good one and she was to report to me. So what would you do, you know, as, as a female in the cybersecurity community, what can you tell somebody to try to encourage them that those females to get them in there? And maybe what can you do? What can you tell me as a male counterpart to try and help encourage some of those women? So I've been working um, to kind of figure that out myself, right? Because, I mean, I think it's it's changing, right? Um, I know that it, it really is dependent on the culture in each company, right? Um, the biggest thing is we are, men and women are wired different. And that's awesome. I mean, people... Th- like think that this wiring and like men, women, neurodiversity, again, we are all different and that's what makes us wonderful. And that's what makes everything like nature awesome. And like, you see all the different colors and, and, in in the, in the forest and you don't go, Oh, that, that flower is like ugly, you know, <laughs> whatever, but you know, like it's, but for some reason, but as far as getting women in, like just giving, you know, I see companies giving more like maternity leave, but also paternity leave, because I know it, again, it's, we need to understand that a mother doesn't care more than a father does, right? But giving more about how do we appreciate the differences, right? I mean, so maybe there's a single mom and a single dad, so they both need to have some flexible work time. Um, understanding those things, right? Um, so I'm seeing a lot of different things that are helping women uh, in the industry. The way we communicate tends to be different. So working on communication styles, um, I think that's one thing COVID has helped with. Um, not everybody likes to be on camera. Not everybody likes to be in a boardroom. Um, and so that doesn't apply to men or women. Again, I kind of go against the whole label thing, although I. I, I am part of WISIS and I am working with them. Um, I'm trying to get a little bit more active. Um, for me, I, it is very intimidating to have walk into a room and you're the only female. So when you talk and none of the other men may understand how you communicate, it may seem different, right? Um, but it, you know, communication styles and you're kind of on that can you go into that further um 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely can over talk. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I mean, you have to allow people to talk and be heard and it doesn't mean that it's going to get their way. Um, but if you have, you know, six guys that are, you know, beer drinkers and you have you know, a woman uh, that isn't, and it's going to be very intimidating and they're, they're not going to feel that they're going to be able to uh, speak up. I do believe that, I mean, it is really amazing to see that there is a lot of change in that attitude to see how it also helps with being able to catch those idiosyncrasies because, um, you know, if we're all wearing rose colored glasses, then we're all going to see the same rose colored things. But if, you know, you bring a woman in who's wearing, you know, no glasses, whatever, she'll be like, you know, that thing over there isn't rose colored, by the way. And we'll be like, oh, that's probably, you know, because our, it's just, that's a, again, I'm sorry. I, that's what makes <laughs> this amazing. Um, how do we fix it? I think we just keep trying, keep hiring more women, uh, you know, again, if they have talent, just give them a shot. Like it's, I mean, we need people. Why is this so hard? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I think what you're kind of saying and, and, and whether it's male or female, let's be patient with some of the new people out there. Absolutely. This is a tough career field. It's hard to understand. It's hard to draw some of those uh, lines from customer service or any type of previous type of work, it's always hard to draw that into cybersecurity. So brand new mm -hmm. career field, very, very tough. Um, as a last question to you, or kind of a, a little bit here, I'm going to give you some open microphone time. I know that you said that was very dangerous, <laughs> All right? <laughs> so pretty much anything that you want to talk about to kind of close out the session here. No, I think, well, I think we were kind of talking about it, um, actually, just, I think that um, we have this amazing industry that's so open to share, and yet it's still so hard to get into. Um, you know, yes, you pay better, and you, but you can't expect, you know, people that go and work at McDonald's or, you know, a fast food restaurant, they don't, aren't required to have the certifications that people are required to with entry level here. Um, and I, there's always been a catch 22 with getting your foot in the door. Um, we have a problem we need to fix and it is training and internships and you know, letting people have an opportunity, hiring somebody and letting them go and, or they quit because it's not the right fit. Yes, it is expensive. There are ways to figure that out without requiring a brand new person to have a CI, uh, a CI SSP or, mm -hmm. you know, all these really expensive certifications or a degree in a field that has barely even been around long enough to have degrees in this field. <laughs> so, um, especially for older people that, I mean, most people still in life, generally speaking, do not get a degree in the field that they actually work in. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So why are we requiring people to have them? Mm-hmm. And this is a field that relatively is relatively recent and having degrees in. Um, and so if somebody is that interested and they have proven by having, you know, GitHub and done certifications, free certifications, by the way, not paid always because not everybody has the same resources. Let's stop weeding people out based on how much money they can pay. So, because I guarantee you the people that are trying to attack our infrastructure and attack our financial institutions do not care about our certifications. So Mm -hmm. if somebody is showing a true interest, give them time to speak, give them time to learn and be patient and then train them all the way through and you will be amazed at what you find. But right now we've got a lot of learning to do and I've been in HR, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for that. And I think you hit up on a good point. There are so many resources out there. Uh, there's the Colorado, it's actually colorado-security.com website that has a link to this podcast, a lot of resources out there. Uh, the One of the things that we'll link out there is the Colorado-security Slack page one of the most active Slack channels out there. Uh, again, my name is Frank. I'm with the Denver OWASP group here, and we have a Slack channel as well, as well the Denver-OWASP. We also have a meetup page. It's meetup.com forward slash Denver-OWASP, and that's still O-W-A-S-P, uh, where you'll find a lot of resources, our meetups, and along on both channels, on both Slack channels, we also have a mentorship channel. So, Thank you for being my guest today, Kim. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day for this. I also want to thank Rob and Alex, the generous hosts of Colorado Equal Security. Great set of guys, uh, super busy right now, which is why I'm helping them out. Really do, though, I I don't consider this work because it's really been enjoyable. So thank you. I appreciate it, Frank. It's been absolutely amazing. And the OWASP group, I will second. It has been Absolutely amazing to be back home and be welcomed into the OWASP group. Um, And uh, what I've learned so far has been amazing. So I'm looking forward to learning even more through the next meetups. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you again. If anybody wants to get a hold of Kim, she's on LinkedIn. She's actually under Kim-Possible on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Frank Victory. I'm also on LinkedIn. You'll see me up there. I believe it's Frank Victory 2 for me. And I hope to see everybody soon. Thanks again, Kim. I appreciate it. Thanks, Frank. Learn more about the Colorado security scene at colorado-security.com, where you can see information about local security groups, a calendar of upcoming security events, and learn more about Colorado equals security. Reach out to Alex and Rob by emailing info at colorado-security.com. Until next time, remember, Colorado equals security.